0: about genuine peace, the kind of peace that makes life on earth worth living, and the kind that enables men and nations to grow and to hope and build a better life for their children. Not merely peace for Americans, but peace for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time.
1: of the United States of America.
0: The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment, of pertinent facts, far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it but we are opposed around the world by a mono-
2: ladies and gentlemen we're back you're listening to the second hour of battle of new orleans radio i'm nathan and i have my great friend mr gary king in studio how you doing gary just honored just honored to be
3: here i really am and to have the great jfk team we've got the most formidable jfk team on the planet so if anybody wants to know about jfk we've only got one line because we've got mostly guests here but uh, I'm, I'm happy to be here.
2: And please introduce the guests we got. All right. We've got
3: the, Dr. James Fetzer, the um, leading JFK at 9-11 researcher in the world. We've got Don Fox, who's all over 9-11. If you go to his, uh, his website, Don Fox. Um, I think he's at WordPress. He's got a ton of 9-11. And the number one JFK researcher in the world with new information is Larry Rivera. And we're about to blow a hole in the whole JFK tonight because we've just discovered something that no one knows about. So we're going to break it right
2: here on your show. Well, I mean, this is great, Gary, because, you know, New Orleans has such a history, you know, with JFK. You know, you go back, you know, with Tulane. Doctor Oshner and the weaponized cancer and Lee Harvey Oswald. I mean the whole the whole deal, man. You know, uh we had Wayne Matson on here and he broke, you know, Raphael Cruz's, you know, being here, you know, in New Orleans and with it, Oswald. And on Dealey Plaza
3: route. the um the former President father was one block away from Dealey Plaza when the president's brain was blown out. Wow, that's 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 amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, do we have Jim and Don and Larry on? We have Don and Larry. Yeah, I'm here. All right, Larry. um Look, you are the number one JFK researcher in the world, and you've oh, just no. blown <laughs> the case wide open. So go ahead and tell us now. I'm going to let everyone know that we're going to have a video of this whole show. So there's going to be a lot of. um pictures and things like that. So we're going to make a YouTube video tomorrow about that. So we're going to be discussing it as if the audience is seeing the pictures and we'll try to describe them as much as we can in uh, detail. So go ahead and tell us what the biggest breakthrough that you're in charge of at the moment, Larry.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Gary. I'm very honored uh, to be on the show with you uh, for uh, New Orleans and the whole metropolitan area there. it's a really, really good time to be uh, in JFK research uh, because now we're starting to realize what Richard Sprague said many years ago about about the uh, computer age and technology uh, catching up with uh, all of the uh, photographs and, and what little was left actually because we know uh, that a lot of this was sanitized. But uh, a, a lot of the uh, photographs that now we can analyze with computer image, imaging and di- uh, digital uh, systems the way that we can uh, nowadays. So uh, we we've come a long ways in in uh, interpreting uh, the uh, photographic record in a, in a new way, and uh, it's it's uh, like I said it's a really really good time because we're we're starting everything is starting to come come into uh, fall into place, and is uh, like uh, you said, there uh, New Orleans was was a very important. Uh, a piece of the puzzle in the whole uh, JFK assassination saga, and so uh, it's it's only proper that we do this here for the uh, New Orleans audience. I'm mm-hmm. very very happy to be here.
3: Absolutely. Okay. So the main thing is that you know you're dealing with shills and all that when they will not admit that lee harvey oswald was standing in the doorway at the time of the assassination and billy lovelady was there too and that's been all the confusion you've done some photo analysts and video overlays and it's it's over
1: well well i i want to add that jim garrison actually was one of the very first uh investigators to go out and uh, and, uh, and on the record say that it was Lee Oswald in in the doorway. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, right behind Harold Weisberg. uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, and they both investigated the case and Harold went uh, to New Orleans to help him when he was uh, building his case in 1967 uh, in the Clay Shaw trial. And uh, so, you know, this whole uh, concept of Lee Oswald being in the doorway is not something new. Uh, Like you said, Harold Weisberg, and especially Jim Garrison, one of the very first uh, investigators and researchers to uh, bring forth that that idea, even though a lot of people had already already been uh, talking about that since 1964 when Jones-Harris... Uh, commissioned a thorough, a thorough study of the Alton six photograph, and from there on well you know practically every investigator what we call the first uh, generation researchers uh, were all pr- pretty much in agreement that it was Lee Oswald in the doorway but now like I said the technology has caught up with all of this and, and we're able to uh, uh, really uh, come with you know 100% certainty about who are the individuals that are there in the doorway
3: Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking about the Algin Six, what everyone's seen this picture. It's famous. <clears throat> You're seeing the president choking on a bullet. You can see Jackie Kennedy's glove holding him in concern. And right behind them is good old Lee standing there watching the parade. And he's not on the sixth floor and he's not unloading bullets at the president.
1: Well, at the Oswald Innocence Campaign, uh, the organization that I preside, uh, we have been. Uh, Talking about this and researching this for for a long time. I know we've been at this now for four years since uh, the organization was established, and we have in our in our uh, in our list, you know, some very prominent in our membership, some very prominent people who, who, including first generation researchers like Vincent Salandria, who also came down to North. Hey Jim, East, I might add. Just one second, yeah. Jim. You're
3: typing too loud. <laughs>
1: and uh and and harold weisberg and and uh and mark lane uh, who were were also you know part of our membership so so anyway uh going back to uh, what i was uh, talking about earlier uh the the new uh, overlays that we we've been able to do with the photographic uh, record uh have really uh come a long ways in identifying the man in the doorway using uh uh, forensic uh methods that are accepted worldwide and uh and and it's just something that if you uh put your uh if you work on it you'll you'll be able to to verify and replicate the 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 work that we have done so
3: yes yeah, so, uh, many a person has been sent to prison and many people have been released from prison over this technology
1: yeah. Yeah, and uh, just a couple of days ago, in fact yesterday, uh, we uh, had a major, major uh, uh, breakthrough here on identifying uh, the man known as Billy Lovelady, who is the man that the government and the Warren Commission and the House Select uh, Committee on Assassinations proclaimed as the man in the doorway by uh, manipulating uh, the c- certain photographs and uh, information that uh, That he had a a checkered colored shirt uh, which is uh the the supposedly the shirt seen on doorman now this concept about the shirt is very very important because the shirt uh, that doorman was wearing that day is exactly the same shirt that lee oswald was wearing and based on that is that uh, all of these early researchers had assumed or had uh, proposed that it was <clears throat> Lee Oswald, but now, besides the information on the on the shirt, we have been able to zoom in on the face <clears throat> and identify and, and square up uh, features by overlaying the uh, the photographs, known photographs of the two individuals, where we have been using, where we have been able to use scientific protocol to uh, to establish uh, beyond a reasonable reasonable doubt that it really is Lee Oswald in the doorway and not Billy Lovelady. And like I said, just yesterday we had a, a big uh, a breakthrough where we, we have been able to identify without, uh, without any doubt that uh, the man next to the doorman who uh, was uh, raising his hands in, in the, there in the, in the doorway, in the entranceway of the TSBD, the Texas School Book Depository, is actually Billy Lovelady because uh, below uh, his hands, which he is holding up to his, to his forehead, uh, we have been able to to uh, obtain information. We have been able to see what his nose and his mouth and his lips uh, looked like and the space between his upper lip and, and the nose. And uh, by doing these overlays, we've uh, been able to square it exactly so that we can identify that that man is, which we call uh, in, in our circles, uh, a black hole man because it seems like, uh, he has been obfuscated and, and blacked out there somewhat. But uh, this individual who, who uh, everybody, all the early investigators for the government had said uh, what they had, what they did actually did, had them inverted. The uh, lovely really love lady uh, being uh, doorman
4: and Oswald upstairs, you know, supposedly shooting at the president.
3: Mm-hmm. I got you. All right, Don, you got something to tell us?
4: Yeah, it's great to be uh, great to be uh, making my maiden voyage here in uh, the Crescent City.
2: I really appreciate it Don. This is Nathan Lawrence and I've watched uh, a bunch of your vine- uh, excuse me, a bunch of your videos. Big fan. I-, I watched the uh video uh YouTube video you had an interview with uh Bill Fink. I uh, really enjoyed that. So, I'm a big fan of your work, Dan.
4: Oh, hey, thanks Sam. Glad you uh glad you uh, enjoyed that. Yeah, I've done a a few shows with Bill. Uh we're going to do a few more in the future. Yeah, I was on the email chain yesterday with uh Larry and Gary and Jim and you know a couple other researchers and you know, one thing maybe for maybe some of the people that aren't as up to speed on the case is maybe some of us that have a inbox full of conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, is that you know, all the way back to Jim Garrison? Jim Garrison said that Oswald was out in the doorway.
3: Larry always says that there's really no new research. They had it all figured out in the '60s. We've just been having to deal with shills trying to cover it all up for 50 years.
2: Uh, all right, look, hold, hold up, gentlemen. We're coming to a break, ladies and gentlemen. You listen to Battle of New Orleans Radio. Right here on 990 AM WGSO in the heart of the Crescent City, home of the First Amendment. This is the only radio station in the New Orleans area that will allow you to hear this groundbreaking, hardcore information because the rest of the radio stations are corporate owned. We are corporate free here. So please support us. We need your support. Battle of New Orleans Radio, WGSO, and please support us Saturday. Come join Goyim and I, 9 o'clock in front of Jackson Square. We're going to hopefully try to get enough people out there to stop the takedown of the Andrew Jackson statue. We have to preserve history. Battle of New Orleans Radio will be right back. Yeah, yeah. respect me because they see I'm true. Follow me until you able to be. There. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. You're listening to Battle of New Orleans Radio. I'm Nathan Lawrence along with my co-host tonight, my good friend, Mr. Gary King. Turn it over to you, Gary. Go ahead, brother.
3: All right. Well, we haven't heard from Jim there. Uh, Don, you want to go ahead and finish up? What were you saying? And we'll uh, let Jim in?
2: Uh, go ahead and let Jim in.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Dr. Fetzer, tell us all about it.
0: Well, Gary, tonight I feel as though I'm along for the ride. I mean, uh, Larry has done all this sensational work about uh, Oswald in the doorway, about the alteration of the Zapruder film.
3: Uh, uh, you and Don
0: have made uh, major contributions I think it's just splendid to uh, have you featured here and I'm eager to hear more of what Larry has to say
3: Yeah, Larry's just blowing them out the water so Larry, talk to us more about your discovery we're breaking right here on WGSO 990 AM
1: Well, well Gary, uh, I just wanted to mention briefly here that you and I have been working on uh, actually uh, very feverishly uh, on this recording that we have from 1976, when Robert Groden and attorney Kenneth Bruton, who was assistant counsel for the House Select Committee on Assassinations, went to uh, Aurora, Colorado, which is outside of Denver, uh, to see Billy Lovelady and actually interview him for the uh, HSCA regarding uh, him being in the doorway and the checkered, supposed checkered, checkered-colored shirt that he was wearing that day and uh, this uh... we you and i have been transcribing this tape and you know you know how difficult it's been because of the uh... the poor condition of the tape mm-hmm. and the recording but again now we have a technology to fix this and to render it where we have been able to decipher more than ninety five percent of what is being said in, in the interview in the exchange between Kenneth Bruton and, and billy lovelady i mean, i want to add also that this is the only this is the only recording that exists that is out there, that uh, where which shows us exactly you know how Billy Lovelady spoke and you know what kind of accent he had and everything. So uh, this is groundbreaking. What uh, you you have really helped out on this because um, it's like you said, you know, you you're from. Uh, um, your mother's from Mississippi, and you're able to uh, deci- decipher a lot of that draw, <laughs> and uh, we've been able to team up on this, and, and I'm very, very happy because the information that has come out of this tape is going to change the entire uh, history of, of uh, how FK assassination is perceived from now on. Because what Billy Lovelady had to say that they, uh, just blew me away. And, and some of the things that, uh, that he revealed there had never, ever been uh, spoken about before. For example, he admits <clears throat> that it could have been Lee Oswald in the doorway. And uh, just that alone right there is something. Uh, and I'm glad that we're uh, mentioning, it, mentioning it here for Nathan on, on this radio station because Uh, First Amendment is very, very important. And for us to say that Billy Lovelady said that it was Lee Oswald in the doorway is just groundbreaking. This has never, never, ever been been heard of.
3: Explain to us the situation and the problem with Lee being in the doorway and why this Billy Lovelady situation is so important.
1: Well, because obviously, Gary, if uh, if Lee Oswald was in the doorway, then the whole House of Cards that was the uh, Warren Commission and, uh, and which I call the greatest injustice in, in the history of mankind, where Lee Oswald was framed for a murder that he did not commit. And uh, so th- that's why the importance of this, and not only that, uh, the form of government that took over that day, we are still feeling the effects today. And the wars that have been fought and presidents that were presidents that should have never been presidents and so on and so forth. So that is why this is so important uh, that we look at this in in the way that we are doing now, 53 years later, because historians maybe uh, 100 years in the future are going to look at this and they're going to look at our work and they're going to say, wait, you know, wait a minute, you know. How could this have, how could this have happened uh, this way? And so uh, we need to obtain justice for Lee Oswald and peace for John F. Kennedy because uh, uh, you know the way that he was gunned down you know in Dallas and right in the middle of the day and everything is just something that should never happen in America. Yet it did, and it, it had to do with the history uh, that we were that the United States was living. America was living at the time and all the forces that were against him that that's that that we could fill a whole two hours you know <laughs> just on that but uh... but uh... going back to these overlays overlays uh... like i said the technology is right the technology is ready and uh... we have been able to uh, for example uh... Th- there are overlays and photo- photogrammetric uh... side-by-side uh... collages or or or, or um, images that we can make and create where we can uh, adjust the, and scale uh, one image onto another and line up all of the features, okay, like nose, mouth. We start by interpupillary distance, the eyes, and from there we, we continue and we scale. Now, how do we do that? It's, you know very, Everybody has heard of Photoshop, and there's a couple of other programs that can do this. And, and that's how we do it, and, and you once you uh, obtain the skills and you can work with layers, uh, and you can change the opacity of these layers. And I don't want to get too technical on this, but uh, the bottom line is that once you line everything up, uh, you're able to zero in and really uh, appreciate if that is the person in question or not.
2: Yeah,
3: it's either them or it's not. Once the pupils are lined up, it's either them or it's
2: not. Look, we're coming to a break. We have Larry Rivera. Don Fox, Jim Fetzer on the line, Gary King in studio. You listen to Battle of New Orleans Radio right here, 990 AM WGSO in New Orleans. Look, we're discussing JFK. This was the situation that really took down, you know, it was the beginning of taking down our nation. You know, they killed our president live on television. He was our last real president. All the presidents since have been puppets. Not even the revered Ronald Reagan was the real president. He was surrounded by 200 CFR members. So we need to remember what happened uh, on that day in 1963. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to Battle of New Orleans. We'll be right back anybody wondering
1: whether or not john lennon was shot
2: by the cia in a
1: plot the stifle the peace movement is obviously not paying attention to the situation look what we got mark david chapman red catcher in the rye like john hinckley did right before he shot his guy something in that book carries weight a trigger mechanism to switch him into a post-ignotic state that author's background's concerning me jd salinger was involved in the
2: denazification of germany aka operation paperclip where the united states smuggled in 16 Nazi scientists, and Chapman. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. That's my buddy Payday Monsanto, Lone Nuts. Go check that song out, man. Payday Monsanto is fantastic. He uh, definitely talks about all the anti New World agendas uh, there in his music, so go check him out. Man, this is a great show. This is the new JFK uh, episode 117 with my buddy Gary King, Professor Jim Fetzer, Larry Rivera. And Don Fox, man, I'm I'm just ecstatic to have y'all all on the show with me tonight. I really appreciate it, man, and especially being here in New Orleans. And, look, I know somebody whose father was actually recruited to come over here to work with the Weaponized Cancer Program. This and, uh, You know, this person's father was a doctor from uh, Honduras and was actually recruited to work with Dr. Oshner. So go ahead, Gary.
3: Yeah, that's absolutely it. So, um... Uh, gentlemen, does anyone want to give us, uh, a couple of comments before we turn it back over to Larry? Don?
4: Yeah. And uh, maybe it's somewhat of a unrelated note. I, I just wanted to bring up quick before we, you know, things get going. Um, one of the big aspects of the, the New Orleans and of the conspiracy Gary and I have touched on is Clay Shaw and his connection to perm index. And you can catch our, uh, Uh, YouTube videos on on Gary's YouTube channel there on Permindex. Those are pretty good. I'm going to have some new info out in a few weeks uh, that dives a little deeper into Clay Shaw, Permindex, and
3: the Rockefellers. Wow. So what's the bottom line on Permindex there, Don? Uh,
4: We're still hashing a few things out. Uh, I'm working with uh, somebody who's done a lot of work in this area, and we're going to have some new material coming out in the next few weeks here on all this stuff that's going to open some eyes, I guess we'll put it that
3: way. Fantastic. Dr. Fetcher. are you there, Jim? I'm just just
0: so pleased to be here with you and and, Don and Larry having the chance to lay this out, especially because New Orleans played such a significant role uh in the staging planning of the assassination where jim garrison proved himself heroic in driving to the heart of the matter bringing really the only case ever brought in an attempt to bring anyone to justice in the death of jfk so it's just a real pleasure being here listening to you guys talk today
3: Mm -hmm. all right larry
1: well, uh, we've uh, covered uh, a lot of material here. I just wanted to second what Jim said uh, because Jim Garrison, at the time in 1967, uh, the forces that were up against him were just, you know, incredible. You know, uh, NBC did that uh, that uh, that attack, that, those attacks actually uh, on on him, and to the point where uh, the uh, the authorities were. Were forced. They forced uh, NBC to give him half an hour to uh, reply to all of those attacks. And uh, if you look at the context of 1967 and you know what Jim Carrison was was against, it's very remarkable. It's incredible, actually, that he was able to get where you know where he went to actually air out a, a trial, uh, as we see in the movie JFK, uh, which uh, even though it's Hollywood, but uh, you know it's uh, pretty much what, what what happened and so uh, that's why New Orleans is so important and when we went there uh, back in 2014 where we visited all the landmarks you I you me and, and dr. Fetzer uh, it was it was very uh, it was a very incredible experience for me because we went to see actually Jim Garrison's house we went down to see the Riley coffee company that where the trademark used to be and and where uh, Lafayette and 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 uh, and uh cap street used to be and everything so uh i i enjoyed that and new orleans which is such a beautiful city and, and you know, I, I really really enjoyed that
3: yeah jim garrison was the one that cracked the egg up until that time whatever the media said we believed it hook line and sinker so i was speaking to liz garrison i'm actually friends with her and sadly enough most of the Garrison family are not proud of their father. Now, now Jasper is, but I wanted Liz to know because she paid a heavy price and she took out, looked at it from a wife's point of view. She lost her, her husband. She lost everything that she had over this Garrison case. So I actually had a chance to talk to her and I told her that the entire world is a different place because of Jim Garrison. The reason being is that it was 1967 when he started to crack the egg and open up to what was really going on, and it was the Central Intelligence Agency. Now, what would happen if we were to let another 10 years go by before somebody came along to crack the egg? Well, they would have gotten a lot further along than they are. Not that they haven't gone a long way. But the fact is that we are where we are now, and we know what we know because Jim Garrison, broke our hearts, and said the government lied to us. And up until that point,
2: we never even thought that could ever you, be. G- Gary, you're telling me the government would actually lie to us? I, I, I cannot believe it. Well, I got news for you, Nathan. You're going to have to sit down and have a heart-to-heart. Uh, thank, thank you, Dad. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. You, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, he's from my hometown in Slidell, Louisiana, you know, right across uh, the lake there, and, you know, they, people are, are ashamed you know, Lee Harvey Oswald being from, from you know, my hometown of Slidell. And, and it just disgusts me because, you know, just like these modern-day Patsies, just like the Zarniv uh, brothers in 2013 from the Boston bombings, you know, their book, their knapsack did not match the knapsack that was blown up in 2013 at the Boston bombing. They had no evidence on, on uh, the Zarniv boy. And we see the same thing with Lee Harvey Oswald. Man, they used the same playbook. Over and over, and just like this past events, let me say this, Garrett, I'm going to turn it back to you, just like this past events that just happened in New York, I mean, they used the pressure cooker, again, you know, and then, you know, the, the explosive they used, and I'm going to say this real quick, the explosive they used was Tannerite, okay, Tannerite, you know, is very you know gun lovers and second amendment lovers love tannerite because you can use that for target practice to, to blow stuff up and it's great and now we see this push to ban tannerite and and i i'm just sick of it man and this all started with the whole JFK event you know this really they really opened the whole playbook up with this, man. And people really need to understand that they use the same playbook over and over and over. Go ahead, Gary. I just want yeah. to get that off my chest.
3: Yeah. Have any of you guys been following the uh, bombings in New York, which is just a direct result of JFK um, 52 years later, 53? Anyone?
4: Uh, I, I, yeah, I haven't had much time to look into it. Um, you know, it sure sounds, you know, I'm sure it's another it- – you know, I'm sure it's another load of BS, but yeah, I just haven't had time to look uh, at it yet. I've been,
1: uh, I, dude, I've been doing a lot of to, uh,
4: stuff for the last few days.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, go back a little bit, and Nathan was mentioning the, the Patsy, the angle of the Patsy's, uh, and and you're right on the money right there, uh, Nathan, because not only was Lee Oswald a possible Patsy, right there in the doorway they had at least three other people that could have been a Patsy's. We call them al- alternate patsies. And this is something that maybe not too many people in, in JFK research are aware of. But, uh, for example, Buell Wesley Frazier, who was the 19-year-old kid who brought Lee Oswald in from Irving, and he, who uh, supposedly saw him uh, bring in that package into the TSBD, who had been staying with, uh, at his sister's house, Lily Mae Randall. Well, uh, they found an infield rifle, a British rifle, with 30, 30 uh, ammo. At his house, and the very first uh, information that came out, the very first reports and dispatches that came out that day uh, were that they had found a, a British Enfield rifle on the on the sixth floor of the, of the depository. And uh, we have done a lot of investigation on Buell. Uh, Jim knows uh, because I, I've done. Uh, uh, I've Spoken on on this individual and and I found out about all this information and and uh, his army records how they drafted him right into the army as soon as the assassination was over uh, because he was a key witness he's the one that said hey Lee walked in there with with a package okay and he was only 19 years old at the time and and uh, but he, he, they, he could have been one of the patches. For example, that same night, November the twenty second at ten o'clock at night, they they tried to make him sign a confession that he was involved in the assassination, which tells us that uh, late that night they were still they still had not made up their minds uh, uh, to pin this all on Lee Oswald. Another example, the same Billy Lovelady. <laughs> Billy Lovelady had been involved in gun running when he was uh, uh, an airman. At Andrews Air Force Base, he he worked at the uh, supply depot, and he he and, and two other fellows got their hands on on some weapons, on some guns, and and they, they somebody turned them in when they tried to sell these guns at a bar. So when Billy Lovelady ends up working at the Texas School Book Depository, it raised all kinds of flags because yeah, well, he's a convicted
3: strict. criminal. He was um in oh, cr- right. convicted they, they criminally and him. civilly. If, if I said that right,
1: arrested him. Yeah, they even arrested him at the Texas School Book Depository. So he could have—he was a, a possible Patsy, you know, with that kind of background and everything, with that kind of rap that he had. You know, he had been he had been on the lam for uh, more than a year when they finally caught up with him at the TSBB. Not too many people know about this. So, uh, Billy Lovelace is there uh, in, in, this, in the in uh, the entranceway, and another fellow by the name of Joe Molina. They, Joe Molina, they paid him a visit at 1.30 in the morning that night, searching. And and not only just not just a couple of cops. We're talking about captains and, and tenants and the uh, and uh, assistant district attorney show up at his house at 1.30 in the morning, and they're looking for weapons, anything guns, ammo, uh, uh, bomb material anything that would link him to Lee Oswald. So these people on Friday night are frantic. They're trying to find, you know, uh, who who was who uh, with the Lee Oswald, who they could pin this on uh, besides Lee. And, and so they're juggling all these patsies, you know, that same night. Uh, and they, uh, unfortunately, it, it, you know, they end up with Lee Oswald. But this Bill Wesley Frazier doesn't know how lucky he was that he could have been in Lee Oswald's shoes as easily as anything, if Lee had been caught, perhaps uh, in way too many uh, pictures and photographs outside of that uh, outside of that doorway. Okay, so uh, that's why this this patsy concept is so important. Nathan. Yeah,
3: I I'm mean, w- what happens if uh, Lee Oswald's doing cartwheels in the middle of Dealey Plaza during the assassination? I guess we need somebody else to blame it on, right?
1: That's right. On this type this type of operation, the assassination of a president, you have to have redundancy you have to have a backup plan and these people apparently had a backup to a backup to a backup okay so that's why uh, you know I wanted to bring this up because I think it's very important
3: absolutely and it wasn't till midnight that Lee Oswald even heard that he was accused of killing the president right. and he heard it from that's a reporter right. he says, I've right. no one's mentioned that to me that I've been accused of killing the, the president and then a reporter looks at him and he says you have been charged and he looks and he swallows, a deep swallow, and they walk him right out of there. And that's the last you heard of Lee Oswald.
2: Wow. Look, we're coming to a break. Man, it's a terrific show. It's the new JFK show, uh, episode 117, with Mr. Gary King in studio, Professor Jim Fetzer. We have Larry Rivera and Mr. Don Fox on the line with us, man. Fantastic information. I have a question for these gentlemen when we come back dealing with uh, Ed Butler and his propagandizing and gathering up of many of these New Orleans elites. Um, you know, during the time of the whole Kennedy assassination and he interviewed uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and WDSU channel six uh, right before the whole deal happened. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen to Battle of New Orleans Radio. Look, please go hit that subscribe button in our YouTube channels. Battle NOLA Radio. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back listening to Battle of New Orleans Radio. I want to quickly turn it over to, you know, our guests there so they can continue getting this groundbreaking information out, especially the information Larry Rivera has presented to us tonight. But, you know, I want to ask a quick question. Um, What is the significance of Ed Butler and, you know, some of the things, you know, he was in charge of, you know, the propagandizing and, you know, the gathering of some of these New Orleans um, elite um, like O'Reilly and some of these other people that that own some of these New Orleans uh, corporations. So what's what your take on that Larry?
1: Extremely important. Inca, the Information Council of the Americas was founded uh, by Dr. Oshner, as you, uh, you mentioned him earlier in the show, and uh, this was obviously a propaganda machine uh, to, to make sure that communism did not propagate throughout Latin America and that they would lose the other countries the way that they lost Cuba. Cuba was extremely important in this whole JFK uh, uh thing here and and so uh... at butler and and you know we've uh, we did a show uh recently on on the uh Oswald tapes and and the, these uh shows that that he did on on the radio with Carlos Bringier and and Stuckey and and Butler and all these people and that Oshner actually produced an LP Uh, recording based on on those those tapes uh, from from those uh, those shows where Oswald uh, proved to be uh, coherent lucid informed uh, a 24 year old who you know just just impossible for you to be that informed at that age without having been trained in some way in, in the intelligence industry uh, so Nathan, the, the, this whole uh, situation that, uh, with Butler again—you could, we could do a two-hour show <laughs> on that. But, but, <laughs> but, but yes, yes. The uh, United Food and all these companies that, that worked out of out of New Orleans, uh, uh, importing you know all, all the uh, goods, you know, and employing you know, all this cheap labor uh, in Central America and South America, <laughs> and, and being the hub that New Orleans was, of uh, 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 being such an important. Uh, uh, point of of, of uh, commerce, and that's where Clay Shaw came in uh, with the uh, director of the trademark, and and so yeah, it's extremely important important, and it tells us a lot about the forces that were uh, against JFK because once you start uh, being appeasing Cuba and Fidel Castro, then uh, you you are building up a lot of enemies, and that's uh, basically what what
2: happened here. You bring up United Fruit. I mean, that Tulane University was involved with that. I mean, that's right by my house. I mean, Tulane University, that that was the university that that was, you know, part of the weaponizing of the cancer. Um, you, You know, I live right by Tulane. You can Google search Tulane CIA. and It'll be mainstream articles how Tulane is a giant recruitment ground. For the CIA, and there's a 2012 article from like NBC News or something that you know specifically talks about uh, Tulane and the Central Intelligence Agency. So people need to understand, man, the CIA and FBI are very, very, very prevalent here in the city of New Orleans. This is this is a globalist hotbed.
3: Yeah, it was uh, not
2: to mention. Yeah, not to mention. Quick, I just wanted to throw in
4: before we run out of time that.
2: Clay Shaw
4: was, uh, he admitted to working in the OSS, uh, as a liaison officer to the headquarters of Winston Churchill.
3: Wow. Right. When Van Braun, the scientist was arrested in Germany, in other words, they had to pretend that they arrested him. Guess who arrested him? Clay Shaw. <laughs> wow. So you're way up there when you're actually, um, pretending to arrest the uh, rocket science and, um you know he was way way up there he's one of the most decorated people in in um in america as far as his you know contribution to war and uh, i think he's got uh don knows some um french medals of honor he's got medals of honor from all over the, uh, from different countries i can't really remember them all exactly but Clay Shaw yeah, he, he was the front the, center
4: you, yeah he received a Croix de Guerre uh, while serving as a colonel in the u.s army in the 1940s and uh uh he got the bronze star the legion of merit and belgium's order of the crown
3: no slouch huh
4: no no clay shaw was cia before there was even a cia you know he was in the oss which was the cia forerunner precursor yeah
2: yeah, right. yeah. Well, well look gentlemen this has been a, a fantastic show i know with the commercials we don't have a whole lot of time um we got two minutes left and it's just been unbelievable I like-
1: uh, I've never (laughs) heard
2: I've never heard Dr. Fetzer so quiet
3: (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead Dr. Fetzer When you you have uh,
0: the chance to have Larry talk about his recent research you want to take advantage of it I have learned so much from his work on interviews that were done with uh, motorcycle officers that demonstrate that the limousine was not only brought to a halt But that Officer Hargis dismounted, ran between the two limos to the grassy knoll, that Officer Jackson motored up the grassy knoll. Five Secret Service agents dismounted and surrounded the presidential limousine. One took a chunk of JFK's skull from a little boy, threw it in the back seat. I mean, this means that the limo stop, which many of us have speculated, may have lasted six or eight seconds, had to last. 25 or 30. I mean, it's completely stunning stuff. His work on uh, Oswald in the doorway and now the substantiation about the role of Billy Lovelady. I mean, this is really cutting
2: edge. Absolutely. I I appreciate that, Dr. Fetzer. Look, we're running out of time. I want to announce real fast. Saturday, join Goyim and myself and Gary King at Cafe Dumont around Jackson Square. Uh, You know, we're going to be there from 9 o'clock till to try to prevent these bastards from uh trying to take down the andrew jackson statue look for the for the gentlemen that are on the line with us right now go look up uh take them down nola and look at their and look what they're trying to do this is an organization that is being fronted by george soros and black lives matter and they're attempting to destroy our history so look this has been a fantastic show this is the new jfk episode 117 this is the home of the first amendment Uh, WGSO 990 AM Please support us Hit that subscribe button On our YouTube channel Battle Nola Radio We got Gary King In studio tonight It's been phenomenal Thank you gentlemen